Off the southern coast of Kyushu lies the beautiful subtropical island of Yakushima. Although this island is small, it's home to a diverse array of wildlife, including the sika deer and the red-bottomed macaque. The island is also host to some of the largest tracts of uninterrupted tropical evergreen forests in Japan, with some trees aging over 2,000 years old. To get to the island, we take a three-hour ferry from Kagoshima. To pass the time, Oliver will explain how to prepare green tea when you're on the go. Hi everyone, this is Oliver from Mio, and we are here on the ship to Yakushima and um, we tried to kind of get through this time by drinking a little bit of green tea but the problem is here we don't have a Kyushu, we don't have anything but we only have our green tea and now uh, what we discovered is that actually what you have to do when you're on the, ra when you're on the road and you don't have a filter you still can brew your tea in uh, the teacup but we, what you have to look is that the water is not too hot. So then actually you can get out the sweeter notes of your tea. And the tea leaves, with the time, they will soak up the water and they will sink down to the bottom of the cup. So on the top you can sip easily your tea. It doesn't get too astringent due to the fact that the water is not too hot. So if you are ever in desperation for a good green tea and you only have your green tea leaves but you don't have a Kyushu, don't panic. You can do this type of brewing. It's not the best brewing because still you have a little bit of astringency but it is also a very good cup just to get over the time of a ride or of a waiting time outside of your own tea section. After arriving on the island, the first thing to do is rent a car so we can begin exploring the natural beauty. You like the color? I love the color. A trip to the island of Yakushima was the inspiration for Hayao Miyazaki's famous anime classic, Princess Mononoke, about the struggle between the spirits of the forest and the humans that consume its resources. After spending just a few hours among these forests, it's easy to see how such an idea could come to Miyazaki. On Yakushima, you can really feel the full extent of nature's beauty and how imperiled it is. There is a never-ending struggle between the demands for conservation and the demands for consumption, but the people that live on this island seem to have found a compromise for the time being. Almost half of the island gets its electricity from hydroelectric power, and it's far less common to use chemical farming here than in the rest of Japan. One of these organic farmers is Mr. Watanabe. He and his family have been growing tea on this field for over 30 years, and they are proud to say that this land has been used for nothing else besides organic tea cultivation. This field is in the middle of a beautiful pine forest that benefits from the unique climate of the island. So you can really see that we are here in the Yakushima tea farm, Mr. Watanabe, that it is an organic tea farm. Already there are plants growing all around uh, the tea plants here. Uh, we have seen some wild strawberries growing also close to the plant. And what the family really does to really lift this cycle of the nature is that in the end of the year, instead of harvesting the last crop, so the last um, harvest, which is called autumn harvest or akibancha as well, um, they use it to nourish the plant again. So these final crops, they give it back to nature to really close the circle of the year, the close the circle of nature to also really 
have the best tasting tea and to give the best nourishment to the plants. Organic tea cultivation is easier on the field of the Watanabe family because the heavy rainfall keeps the bugs away. Yakushima has some of the highest rainfall in all of Japan and this makes it easy to farm without the use of pesticides. The other unique aspect of this island is its temperature. Although Yakushima is located in the far south, it's still quite cold. This pushes back the tea harvest so it's more consistent with the rest of Japan. As we arrive to the tea field, they are just now starting to cover the tea plants. So we're here now uh, at the moment when they put the kabuse on the field and this tea will be covered for around uh, 10 days. And uh, as you can see, they just roll it over the tea plant. And uh, it's, very, it's a very light material, so it will not damage the plant. And then this will stay for 10 days, covering and shading the plant. While 10 days of shading isn't enough to create a gyokuro or a matcha, it will just take off a little bit of the bitterness from the tea and give it a slightly smoother flavor. The Watanabe family doesn't only make green tea, but also black tea as well. At their facility, they actually process the two teas separately. Good, we're here in the Watanabe production uh, of uh, their green tea, or the production of silly tea. And what you can see here is one of their drying machines. And what's pretty interesting, what he told us is that he uses for black tea and for green tea two separate machines due to the strong flavor of the black tea which would then influence the flavor of the green tea he uses two different uh, kind of machines and what we have here down the aisle is really the drying process over several steps and uh, in the beginning they start to dry the leaves with wind so they blow uh, hot wind with the leaves, with the turning of the leaves, helping it really to lose fast their um, moisture. And this machine here, for example, is now the first one which functions without wind. And it's just a big brush bringing out the moisture of the leaves. For the Watanabe family, it's not enough to simply produce teas in a natural way. They also want those teas to taste natural as well. Instead of going out of their way to produce a tea that is extra sweet, for example, they pretty much leave the tea alone and allow it to taste as nature would have wanted it to, with slightly more bitterness. It's really interesting, this tea, so this is a Yuta Kamidori. And actually, it is a shaded tea, but what you see is, when you drink it, you have really the sweetness first, but then it turns into a quite dry tea, so you get a little bit this tannin flavor, um, where you have a little bit of a dry sensation in your palate, and this is very specific now, uh, he said, it is a plant or it is a cultivar that has a little bit more of bitterness, and you can really feel it due to the covering, the, the bitterness is brought down, but this kind of dryness stays, so this is quite uh, unique now for this tea. After exploring the farm, we pay a visit to another iconic resident of the island. A famous potter named Masayuki Yamashita moved out of the city to enjoy a more peaceful life living in the forest of Yakushima. Here he gathers firewood for his kiln and crafts beautiful clay teaware and other decorative pottery. He even gathers coral and sands from the beaches of Yakushima to create a natural colored glaze for his pottery without using artificial dyes. What's pretty interesting is that he has to heat the oven up to 1300 degrees. So this is material which exactly at this temperature starts to melt. And as soon as the oven is ready, this will melt and will look like this and then he knows that the oven is ready 
to put his clay sculptures in the teapots or cups in the oven. Mr. Yamashita explains that depending on which type of pottery he is creating, it needs to be heated at a different temperature. This is achieved by arranging the unfinished clay in different parts of the kiln. They're actually all handmade and you can see that they're really different in style. And each of them is placed at a unique part, so at a different part in the oven, in the kiln, and then due to the different color, due to the different um, exposures of these cups, they end up finally with a completely different design, even by being in the same time in the oven, being the same size, being made of the same clay. In addition to teacups, he also makes beautiful tea bowls, which can be used to prepare matcha in the tea ceremony. Due to more baking, so twice, twice the times than this one here, the clay gets much more shiny, and this is also due to the wood giving it its shiny way of being while here the shininess is there but in a very slight slight way feeling the weight of this pottery really conveys a sense of importance just as learning about tea gives us a greater appreciation for the drink learning about how teaware is made also gives us an appreciation for all the work that goes into producing just the teaware quality tea and teaware doesn't have to come at the expense of the surrounding land however after a few days in yakushima we have learned how the people of this island really value and respect the land they were given yakushima is a small island but it has a lot to teach we would be soon getting on a ferry and concluding our trip through Japan, but we would be taking with us many valuable lessons. It has been such a privilege working with so many talented farmers over the years, and it really has been fun to meet with them and their families, explore the fields, and taste the teas with them. It would be a great honor to share these experiences with all of you, wherever you are in the world. We would greatly appreciate it if you could visit neoteas.com, try some of the teas that we have found in our travels, and help us to support the men and women who have made it their life's work to produce tea in a more natural, sustainable way.